Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the Uncommon Life Project, where I am your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Oh, welcome back. It feels good to have your voice back on the mic. Let's go. Checkity, check, check, wreck, wreck. Thanks for tuning in. We're super excited. Dewcast It's today. Brian and I. Here we go. We're back. Back in the saddle. It feels like Batman and Robin a little bit. I don't... I take it I'm Robin, I feel like. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. Uh, I feel like that's probably a better analogy. Robin, you just don't want to be Robin. You know, don't you know. don't. He's younger and more acrobatic. That's I true. <laughs> Maybe I'm Robin. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we have a great show today for you. We're going to talk about, I think, a topic that a lot of people miss or they are ashamed to do mm-hmm. or they think that that's not... It's definitely not part of the society what they think they're going to do. Right. And we're talking about a sabbatical, resting. Resting. Changing and transitioning is mainly what we're talking about, but I think it's a probably a good concept for pretty much any place, any part of life, resting. Mm-hmm. And it, I would say in America specifically, that's almost looked down upon or shame or guilt or whatever it is. For you sure. just don't feel like you can do it. So I have a friend, or I should say I have a cousin that adopted two children from Ethiopia and uh, they go over there from time to time. And he said, it's the craziest thing, Philip. He's like, it's, it's, it's Ethiopian time. And I'm like, well, what's that? He's like, well, people say, well, like, let's leave in an hour, 20 minutes. He's like, maybe an hour and 30 minutes later, we'll leave. Now think about that in an American setting. That oh, doesn't yeah. happen. That ain't flying. Especially with Philip Ramsey. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, things would be... Heads would be rolling. And so maybe I'm caught up in this culture, but I do feel like Americans in general hurry. They are quick. They're fast. They just go, 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 go. And you kind of get used to it over time. And that's your new normal. So what we think is very important, what we have seen in the past, is when somebody is going to or about ready to jump off the proverbial bridge of safety of their old job, consistent paychecks, and they're going to jump off into this uncommon life, we feel like the best people that we've seen have done what, Brian? Had a period uh, or a gap. They've had space to collect themselves and think and process new information to make a more informed and better decision. Right. Which sounds so counterintuitive, especially when you're like super eager to jump. Mm-hmm. But taking a step back and relaxing... And like really trying to process what's going to happen. What does this look like? Who's affected? Right. And I think the term sabbatical, you know, the way I think about it is in more in a corporate setting where you're taking like two, three, four, five, six weeks off. And I think in when you look even like in the Bible, we talk about, you know, the Sabbath and taking just a day a week off. I think right. there's different measurements of how you could do this. Mm-hmm. But the theme across those different measurements is it's important to rest. Right. 
it's an important to just take a break. Let's just talk about this as adults. We just don't have a summer. We don't. <laughs> I know. And the the closest thing that I could think of for an adult summer, are you ready for this? Um, no. Okay. This is what I think. I think the closest thing that adults have to summer is in between jobs. When you just put in your two weeks notice to your last career or job or whatever, and you're waiting for the next one. Right. But you're still getting paid. Right. Like maybe there's a two week window there. How freeing is that? Like, you know that there's nothing on your to-do list. Like, you don't want to do anything for two weeks, but you know you're getting paid. So that's helpful. That's kind of taken care of. But to me, those two weeks, and again, I haven't had this forever for a long time, but that to me is the equivalent of of a child's summer as an adult. It's like, you don't have any responsibility. You have time to rest, to take sabbatical, unwind, connect, refocus, engage, and get ready to get back on the, the, the horse again. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's true. Uh, so let me quick, if this is your first time listening, I think there's a lot of people that listen to our 100th episode, by the way, and, oh, I, good. and I'm getting a lot of feedback. Good feedback. It was a great say. one. It was fun to shoot. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. If you haven't listened to it, it's a really fun show to maybe go back and listen to, to start the Uncommon journey, your uncommon life project, starting gate, and then you can kind of figure out which ones you want to go listen to from there. Uh, but, uh, so who are we, what do we do? Like I get, I love what I do every day. So I'll let you talk and I know you do too, but it comes from a different perspective. So yeah. give it to me. Well, I think we try to help people in that transition, in that gap, or I think a lot of times we get people that are down a path maybe want the path to be different and they don't know how to organize their capital or their finances to that new path. Right. And then sustain that new path, you know, cause it's challenging. And right. especially I think business owners or entrepreneurs or executives, you know, it's just, it's a lonely at the top. <laughs> really? Is. Uh, and so I think a lot of times, you know, we're that sounding board from a business decision standpoint or, personal decision standpoint, capital decision standpoint. Um, One of my friends, he always had the term power moves, you know, like you got to make power moves. And I think we attract people that want to make power moves Mm -hmm. and they just want a co-pilot of like, am I crazy? Yeah. Uh, And then how does this fit my overall plan? Like I have a wife and kids and, you know, I don't want the whole thing to burn down uh, to the ground. And so I think we are that. Uh, support system, that foundation, that, you know, sounding board to like, this is how it fits. This is your risk. This is your risk tolerance. You know, this is how we're going to mitigate those risks. This yeah. is the upside. Yep. And this is the downside. Let's, you know, help you make the power move. So that's what we do at Uncommon yeah. Wealth Partners. And I feel like I'm the more of the number side of all of that. And you're oh more gosh. of the relational side of all of that. And that's it's, so uh, true. it's fun. Right. It's so true. So that's what we do at Uncommon Wealth Partners. So we get to sit down with people every day and help them achieve or put boundaries or a plan together to achieve what they've always thought or dreamed of and got excited about. And then make sure there's a cohesive plan. So I love sitting down and talking to people because there's always, if they're married, they're two people. Mm-hmm. They're one marriage, two people. And a lot of times you have one of those two people who want to jump off the bridge. The, the builders. Perver- the builders, the creators. Yeah. Uh and then you have the other person of like, hey, I just wasn't grown up this way. Like, I'm really nervous. Right. I love working with those two people because it is, it's important that everybody feels excited about the next stage, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And normally the person back on the bridge, uh, seven feet from the edge, 
like I'm not getting anywhere close to that rail is more excited to like, Hey, I can help support you, but I just want to make sure there's guardrails in place that if we know if things are not going well, mm-hmm. you know, we'll know something's awry. Yeah. We'll um, know pretty quick. Yeah. So that's really, it's fun for me to be able to take two people and then put a cohesive plan together that both of them are excited about. Not a lot of people can do that. Also too, know that we have all the traditional tools at our disposal, but it's very rare that we will lead with those right. because we want to make sure that people are excited about where they're going, understand, you know, the goals that they have in front of them. And I've always told people like, if you don't know what you want, we're not a good fit because we're not going to be the ones like, oh, this is what you should do, which I think 80% of advisors out there are like, well, you need to start with this, you know, and it's a product. Right. right. Uh, that's not where we start. Uh, couldn't be further from where we start. And so that's appealing to you. We'd love to talk to you. I think there's a lot of people out in the fringes who are like, what are these guys doing? Right. How are they doing this? Uh, and then how do you move forward? So I think maybe quickly, this is how we do it. We feel like a financial plan is the starting point for everybody. If we don't know what the goals and what you get excited about, we can't really start the financial plan. Therefore, we're not probably going to start it. We charge $1,000 just to get on board with a financial plan. After that, and that's about three or four meetings that we usually take people through. One, to find out what they're excited about what kind of tools and products or things that they have in their disposal mm-hmm. and what they've accumulated in the past, maybe old 401ks, Roth IRA, savings accounts. Uh, and then we kind of put something together. Brian is usually the uh, tip of the spear of trying to figure out what does that plan look like? If these were our goals, how would I try to achieve it with the amount of money that they've amassed over the history? Uh, and then we try to put something together where we sit down with the client after that, say, hey, this is what we think you should do given your goals. Uh, that usually takes about four, probably four meetings after that. Then we just say, Hey, what do you want to do? And we'll give you recommendations. If we're not going to use an account in the past that you had an old four, okay, Hey, here's an idea. This is how we can manage the money. This is how our philosophy works. Uh, but at the end of the day, like what we really want to make sure people know is like, this is all of your money. So use it to help you achieve what you want to achieve instead of amasking this until you're 69 and a half or 59 and a half where you can retire and then you can get at it we would say, hey, it's still your money. We just got to be strategic on how we use it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's done with the commercial for Uncommon Wealth Partners. We're back at the Uncommon Life Project. Uh, and then when we do sit down with somebody, this sabbatical is so healthy. And we haven't done a good job, I don't think, as a, as a firm talking about it. But the people have done the best, have done it themselves. So what do you think naturally people are kind of gravitating to this, like, I need to reset unwind and try to find out like what's important to me. Well, I think in a lot of cases um, from just the theme and like the conversations we've had on the podcast, it's those life events, you know, either losing a job, you know, involuntarily Mm, or voluntarily. You know, we've had a lot of people sell a business, take some time off, regroup, We've had, you know, I know Intel Corporation, they, I think it's like every seven years you work, you have to take a month off. We just had another client who, you know, has a really fast paced growing business. He took a month off around a a baby being born. Um, So I think that was more of a paternity leave situation. But again, super healthy. (laughs) Right. right. It's never, I've never, we've never had a conversation where it was like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. That's a great point. Um, and I think it's the proverbial, you know, like you never hear the person on their deathbed of like, Oh, I wish I would have worked more, you know? 
Um, but it's hard to implement that in the moment or to like build in the space to do it. I think in a lot of cases it's, it's a really strategic decision and it's very countercultural. Right. So very rarely have we seen the sabbatical done when they have lost their job. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like when there was something that happened, maybe the downsizing and stuff, and then they've lost their job for whatever reason, would you think it's still important for those people too? I think so. I, I think it's, I think it's harder, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when you're the one <laughs> that's being left, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be like, Oh no, I'm cool with that. I'm going to chill yeah, and take three months off and, regroup and it's more like no i want to prove them they were wrong i want to find a better job i want to that's a good i need to you know like you didn't go out on your terms right you know versus somebody maybe like selling their company that like no i'm going out on my terms here's the terms of the deal i got a package and i'm gonna chill for 30 to 90 days that's a good point so and a lot of times those people have a severance package so they could do it could do it I wonder if there's some kind of like fear that like, okay, I got to then figure out the next paycheck. Right. When is that coming? And I've got a deadline of three months, four months, whatever it is. Right. Two weeks, whatever. Yeah. Huh. So, but I think, I think even too, when you look at like, you know, some of the top entrepreneurs in the world or the most successful people in the world, I know even like Warren Buffett talks about this even, um, you know, like he reads four hours a day. Obviously, he's got a lot of money, so he just built in the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the importance of slowing down and really collecting yourself and then taking massive action. You know, okay, that period of time is over, whether it's an hour a day or a day a week or mm-hmm. a month a year. Now I'm focused and I'm going to go really channel that energy and focus into something. Okay, so brought up a great point. What do you do in a sabbatical? <laughs> what I makes a sabbatical successful? I don't successful? Feel like I've ever taken one either. <laughs> I well, think from it's, our uh, experience talking to people, yeah, I think it's traveling. It's been a prevalent, okay. you know, like getting out of your normal situation or your uh, normal circumstances and surroundings. So changing the status quo. Okay. Um, I think it's you know just maybe this is obvious but like not working like legitimately not working or trying to work i think it's like maybe to say it a bit differently is like letting things come to you as as opposed to like you trying to figure things out okay um and then i think there's obviously a aspect of reflection journaling Hmm. like you know chewing up so to speak of like what what did I enjoy about that previous experience and what didn't I enjoy Mm -hmm. and how do I pursue more? That's good. You know, things that are aligned with the way I made. Yeah. Okay. How do you know when you need to take a sabbatical? Like you kind of mentioned like in your day to day job, like you've never taken a sabbatical. Like how do you know that you're ready to take a sabbatical? I, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know that I know personally, but, um, I think those life events are the, an easy answer, mm-hmm. you know, kids being born, um, people maybe passing away or jobs coming to an end. Um, I think for me, when I kind of think about it in terms of like when I was in Deloitte and I was in consulting, I just, 
you know, the Jumanji drum beat was just loud. I, I just was so tired of traveling. I was just mm. exhausted. I really kind of just hated the work at that point. It mm-hmm. had been several years and just the minutia and the detail right. of different things. It was just kind of like, you know, brakes grinding, you know, and the <laughs> pads are worn down. And you're like, I pretty much need to deal with that right now. It was, yeah. it was kind of like that. So I think if mm. you're having those types of moments, I didn't really take a sabbatical, um, you know, switching careers to get into this career. But in that sense of, man, something's majorly wrong. Like, I know there's a shift that needs to be made. And um, giving yourself the space to make it. I think But by the time I... I think you could consider I did almost have like a sabbatical. I had to take, you know... Basically, it took me a month to pass on my tests. And, you know, you're not really working, so to speak. My right. father-in-law had passed away unexpectedly. So I took about three weeks off trying to just shore up the family and, mm-hmm. you know grieve and mm-hmm. uh, handle that process. And so I, I think there was definitely a space of, yeah, I'm really not working. Uh, there's some other major things I needed to handle, but, um, you know, creating that space to handle those things and recalibrate. Right. Okay. So this, this begs the question, like, especially when we go back to the first part of the podcast, like I think as, as Americans, we really push people hard. And even bigger corporations are trying to do more with less. And so that usually falls on people. And you may be relating because uh, Jody doesn't work here anymore. <laughs> and you have all her responsibilities. Like, what? What? Like, so, oh, but you don't get paid more either. Right. Thank you, Eric, for keeping working. You know, like, that doesn't feel great, you know. So how do you build, because we're creators. And I feel like people who listen to the show kind of have like the Jumanji drum beat that Brian always says, I love it. And we're creators. We're called to create, at least the people that listen to the show. Maybe not everybody, but it does seem for us. So how do you create something that like you feel like is sustainable for you in perpetuity? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you and I are wired differently in that way. I feel like you've approached things more sustainably than I have. Um, I... Yeah, I think we're still, I'm personally still trying to figure that out, you Mm. know, of. Right. I think it's a big part of, you know, saying yes to so many different things. um, Right. And the ability to say no. Um, Yeah, I do think that's true. And I know that we're wired differently. But now that I know how I'm wired, I can't say no to people. You ready for that? (laughs) Yet. So, okay. How do you then work with your personality to figure out, okay. Philip can't say no. So if you're a listener right now and you called me and asked me to do something, hey, I need somebody to help me move next week. I'd be like, all right, I'm in. Uh, So there's that. It's kind of exposed. But how do you then create something that you know your personality so you don't have to change your core DNA? Because I feel like that's what a lot of people try to do. And at the end Mm. of the day, like, you're just not going to do that, man. You know, like, you're going to have to adapt. Mine is like, I just don't say no. So what we've done, and I'll just answer this because I'm going somewhere with this, is... I've had to figure out how to delegate mm-hmm. and delegate well. And the best part about delegation is being okay when people drop the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I know I can't do it all. And I appreciate that people are trying to step up and help all my yeses, maybe. And so delegation, clear de- delegation, communicating clearly of what does, the, what does success look like? 
here's what I think I would do. Do you need any more training? But I'm hiring the right people or we're, we're hiring the right people or you're hiring the right people to then get that and, and advance the ball. And what I've found is, although there's times where things aren't done the way that I would have them done, but when I take a step back, it's way better than what I have whatever created. And for me, that's sustainable. <laughs> it's not trying to change me. It's like, I would never think about taking a sabbatical other than maybe taking a vacation, which mm. is, I think, wise. Because I can't wait to get back and just delegate because I just said yes to too many things. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, back to this. So do you think a vacation can be a sabbatical? I think so for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a form of a sabbatical, I guess. Yeah, it is. I think okay. it's like, you know, the Sabbath is a day, you know, and I think it's like, you know, taking five minutes a day to you know, just pray or meditate or right. just block out the noise. And then, you know, that five minutes to an hour every morning that a lot of people talk about. And then the Sabbath is one day out of the week. And then, you right. know, a vacation is one week out of the year or month. Yeah. So I think there's different, that's what I was kind of alluding to earlier. I think there's different time segments of this talk and discussion and yeah. building them in sustainably i think for intel it's yeah like one month out of every seven every time once you pass seven years of work at intel they force you to take a month off it's something like that hmm. so yeah you know it's relative to seven years mm-hmm. um so you know and a day is relative to se- to a week yeah um so anyways no i think that's wise i it's just interesting when you start talking about this because it's so counterintuitive than what i think society's telling you stop yeah relax who are you? And you've never been on a deathbed thinking like, I wish I could have worked more. And I think you see a lot of companies we've talked to, you know, they just shut down their entire business like that two weeks around Christmas to New Year's, you know, mm. that last two weeks of the year. They do it for their employees. Yeah. And it's like, that's cool. You know, that that's kind of a company-wide initiative. And um, unfortunately, being in the business of money, uh, you know... <laughs> It's harder to kind of just, you don't just shut down your entire business. You know, obviously there's like bank holidays and, you know, the stock market's closed certain days. Totally. Um, It's like having like a restaurant, being the only restaurant you can go to and be like, yeah, we're going to shut our doors for two weeks. Like, I'm hungry. Right. (laughs) Well, and there's the risk of people not coming back, you know, (laughs) of like, oh, I didn't feel good. Right. So it's interesting, um, but it does seem like, you know, the a lot of the stories that we've had on the show, there was a sabbatical or a time off that was very impactful to that person. I agree. So back to, I think the, when I first started changing my mindset a little bit was when I read that, uh, your world-class assistant by Michael Hyatt, mm-hmm. that was revolutionary for me. Like one of the, probably the most powerful books I've ever read, given my personality might not be for you, might mm-hmm. not, but, but for me it was because I didn't realize that there was people out there that could help me advance the ball in the things that I really like to do and then organize my life in a way to like, make sure I don't, nothing falls through the cracks Mm -hmm. and hold me accountable to my word, which is like, uh, liquid gold to me. (laughs) So anyway, so that to me is like, sometimes you just have to be honest with yourself about who you are and where you're at in your career, in your life, in your vocation, all this stuff. And then understanding like when to like, I got to push pause. And then in that pause, having enough wherewithal of just really resting. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I think you look at the stress of the last two years and COVID and just everything we've been through as a society. And I was just at a conference and they kind of talked about, I think it was called the great transition, just like how many people left their job mm. um, and how difficult it is. I mean, we're hearing a lot of business owners talk about how difficult it is to hire people right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people getting hired like in Boston from a company that's in California because they can just stay in Boston wow. or, you know, Iowa and there's just quality people all over the country now. And as employers, you kind of are in this competitive, like geography doesn't dictate employment, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. And so how do you structure benefits and time and work within your organization to support people, you know, with this, with this, uh, idea of having more freedom of time and downtime and that's a really good point because you so, always say like the newest benefit is freedom mm-hmm. and like what does that even mean well for us we we have like 1099 contractors that work with us and now they're we're their only probably employment ish or like paycheck mm-hmm. but what does that mean well we can't tell them when to work and we can't tell them like vacation or whatever so to me ultimate freedom now, mm-hmm. we need things done, and they need to get it done, but we can't tell them when to get that done. Right. To me, it's very freeing. It seems like it's working really well for us right now. Why mm-hmm. not for us in the future? But to me, it's great because uh, one of the people that helps us, she does all of our paperwork, she is going to a conference today. And instead of asking for that off, she just let us all know, hey, Friday afternoon, I'm going to go on a conference, so if there's anything you need from me, uh, let me know. Yeah. Guess what we all said? Have a blast. Have a great time. <laughs> so, like... There is freedom in that. Yeah. And it seems like there's more and more people that value that in this great transition that everyone's talking about. I would love maybe in three years or two months or today, if they thought the the grass was greener on the other side of the fence and now what they would say being in that job for a while. Right. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I don't know if they know that yet. I don't know if that's statistics out there yet, but it's coming. It's, it's coming. And I only say it this way. The grass is always greener in a somebody else's yard. So it's just human nature. Right. So anyway, back to sabbatical. I think it's important. We've seen it be important. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show, one, thank you. And then two, you know that the sabbatical is important, that people do get clarity in rest. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all I got. I think that's all that needs to be said. (laughs) I love it. We nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen all the time. Uh, well, thank you for listening. Uh, we're grateful for you. And I need to tell you something, Brian. Mm. We got our hundredth review. Come on. I know. It's been a long time coming. It was it was at 99 for like six months. Months. Definitely. Probably Whoever it was out there, we owe you steak dinner or something. Right. I don't know how we'd ever know that. I don't know how we're going to get to 200 at this point, but we're going to keep going. I don't know either, but I never thought we would get to a hundred actually. Yeah. The hundredth episode and the hundredth review was monumental. Yeah. It was magical. This is the word I was going to use, but interesting enough that it happened on our hundredth episode, like right around that time. Right. Which is good. So if you can find the review (laughs) button and leave a comment, we'd love to uh, hear from you and we thank you for your support. Yeah. You've been listening to Uncommon Life project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Go be uncommon. I love it. Talk to you later. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. 
Brought to you by Uncommonwealth Partners. Be sure to visit uncommonwealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.